Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode. Well guys, I have some pretty awesome news. Uh, so in the last podcast, um, we was finally able to start producing some actual um, usable biogas, um, actual methane this time instead of CO2. Um, like I said, it took a little bit longer than I expected, um, but it's also because the weather was really cold and the biodigester was staying a lot colder. Um, but since I was able to run the heater element inside of the biogas digester, um, I was able to get it up to about 80 to 81 degrees and maintain that temperature for at least um, four or five days. And that's what really kicked off the system. That's what got it going. Um, so yeah, as of now, we are still producing gas, but the biogas digester temperature um, has dropped down to about 71 degrees. Um, that's because I'm not heating it right now with the heater element um, because we got some really bad weather over here right now. It's been pretty much like just overcast cloudy for like the last three days or so. Um, so obviously I want to make sure my batteries and my home is, you know, number one first. Um, but that's all going to change once I hook up um, 7,000 watts of solar. So that's coming up soon. We have only maybe like two more weeks before that arrives. And then from there... I'll have more than enough power, even on the most cloudy days, to not only make sure my battery bank is full and charged, um, but have a lot of excess power that I can, you know, um, put into the biogas digester. I plan on hooking up my hot tub. So I've had a hot tub or a jacuzzi for um, many years now. I just never hooked it up. And so now, you know, now I'm going to have all this, a lot of extra power and all that stuff. So um, yeah, we're going to be able to do a lot more things, run the jacuzzi. Um, and I do plan on at running and sorry, installing an AC split AC unit that can do AC and heating. So that's going to be exciting as well. Um, so yeah, we're looking good on that side of things. So yeah, yesterday, the day before I've been out at the off grid, um, house and just checking on things. Um, the other thing is too, I went ahead and set up my mother's off grid, um, power shed. Um, so the platform I built and the L mini wall. Um, I built has worked out perfect is couldn't have it couldn't have turned out better um, so what I did was I brought everything over there unloaded um, I leveled off the platform onto some concrete blocks that way the wood is not sitting on the ground and it won't rot as fast it's going to take a very very long time for it to rot because obviously it's not sitting on the ground uh, and then I started assembling the um, plastic shed on top of that um, subfloor that I built um, got that all assembled, um, all put together, uh, made sure the floor was all leveled off. I screwed down the plastic floor to the subfloor um, plywood so that way that cannot lift up or move. Uh, and then I installed and room, sorry, um, yeah, installed the mini L wall. So that's in there now. And then I also put some uh, two big straps over the whole building, over the roof, over the sides. And that's also screwed down to the wood frame of the subfloor. So that way, you know, I'm just securing the whole structure down no matter what. Even though I have a ton of screws in there, um, you know, plastic screws can pull out of plastic really easy and stuff. If it gets, you know, really, really crazy, if there's enough force put on it. So with the big wide straps that I put on, you know, over the roof and it's all tied down and screwed down to the actual wood frame to the subfloor, it's all basically now tied together. It's not going to go nowhere. And if you try to shake the building or move the building, like it's really solid now, like real solid. Um, just between the subfloor, the plastic building, and the mini L wall that I built, 
that building is probably weighing about, mm, I would say at least 500 pounds, somewhere around there, because I used uh, four by four um, uh, pieces of lumber for the framing of the subfloor, right? And then also the plywood on the subfloor is a little bit thicker than three quarter inch. So, you know, it's really heavy duty. It's got a lot of weight. And then also that mini wall um, has got a lot of weight to it. And then we're still going to add more weight, right? We're going to be adding the, the two LG4 batteries in there and the GrowWatt 6K um, split phase inverter in there as well. So that's going to add a lot of weight in there. And then I am also thinking about adding the um, electric hot water heater in there. We're putting a 30-gallon um, tank. And so there's more than enough room in there. So what I may do is set it up inside there and then build its own mini box to house it. Um, that way, if for any reason we ever spring a leak, it's not going to shoot water on any electrical stuff. It's going to be in an enclosed box. And so that way, if it does you know, spring a leak, it's just going to spring a leak within the box. Um, but I've never had a problem with um, hot water, electric hot water heaters springing a leak. I've had mine up and running for many years. I've changed many for people that needed help changing theirs out. And I've actually just done the job myself many, many times. So I have some, you know, I've probably installed, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13 of them at least. You know, so I, <laughs> and none of them ever leaked. So, um, you know, but it's still good to prepare for just in case. So yes, her power shed is set up and basically ready to go. Um, I also unloaded all the 2-inch Schedule 40 um, pipe, and each pipe is 21 feet long, and I I dropped off five, I think, yeah, five of them. So I laid them out to kind of where get an idea of the um, ground mount solar racking system I'm going to build. So that's kind of the, the project I'm on now. So yesterday, um, I actually drove all the way across the island to go and pick up the auger, for drilling it's a dingle it has a it's tracks on top of it and you, there's a i think a six inch and a 12 inch auger bit that comes with it <coughs> and um i went to go pick it up and it was sitting there and there's two of them sitting there and i said hey i need to rent the auger the, ding, the dingle auger and they said oh it's actually in for service i said it's been sitting in the parking lot for two weeks I drive by pretty much every other day and I see it just sitting there. They said, oh, well, they've been having problems with their mechanics or service guys that have, that's supposed to be servicing it. And so they're supposed to show up on Monday and start catching up on everything. And so today is obviously Sunday now. So I drove all the way across the island to pick this up and I couldn't pick it up. Then I had to drive all the way back. So I spent probably three and a half hours minimum just driving across the island back and forth for no reason. Now, that's also my fault because I should have called, right? But I've been seeing it sitting there for weeks on end. And usually, you know, they, they're, their service guys are pretty, you know, not, they're not on it, but they're pretty close to being, you know, trying to catch up on things. And when the thing was sitting there for literally over two weeks, like three weeks, I was assuming that they already had the service done and, it should, and no one was renting it. So um, Monday, tomorrow, <clears throat> they're supposed to service it, check it out. And then if everything, if, if everything is good, then I'm going to be able to rent it because my plan was yesterday was to rent it late in the afternoon, um, about five or six o'clock in the afternoon, drive it all the way to the property already. 
And I was already going to drill three of the holes for my solar racking system because I'm extending mine out. I'm adding 7,000 watts. So I was going to drill the holes already for mine before, you know, even if it got dark, I could still drill mine. And then the very next morning, go drill all the holes I need for my mother's um, racking system. I'll just load it back on the trailer, drive it over to her place, and she's not too far away. So I can easily, um, you know, put that in for her, at least drill the holes and get the pipe in the ground. And so if everything would have went to plan, technically, as of right now, the time of this actual podcast, as I'm making it, I would have been done with all the holes already. Um, but that's not the case because they have to service the machine. So tomorrow, that's what I'm going to be doing is um, waiting for them to service it. And then I'm going to try to see if I can pick it up in the late afternoon. Um, that way I have more time using it, right? Because the earlier in the day that I pick it up is the earlier in the day I have to return it, right? So it's better to rent it late in the afternoon than it is early in the morning. So, and I'm only renting it for one day. It's going to cost like 300 something dollars. I think like 360 360 or 365 um, to rent it for one day, but I do have a um, Home Depot perk. So if you guys are a pro member, um, you know the more money you spend, obviously they give you these perks. You get all kinds of perks, and you can redeem them the way you want to. Like either you can use it as cash, or you can redeem them as a tool rental or whatever it is. And so obviously I spent a lot of money at Home Depot and even Lowe's and other places over the years, and so my perks always stack up. So I've been using my perks all the time. So I do have another perk um, that's $170 off a um, tool rental. So I'm going to be applying that perk towards the rental of the auger. Um, so basically, you know, $365 minus $170 will give you an idea of what I'm actually going to be paying to rent it. But if I didn't have a perk, then I would be spending the $365 and that's what it is. So I am now going back across the island to my other home. Um, and I'm going to spend the night there. Um, that way tomorrow I don't have to drive across the island because I'll be driving twice, right? So I'm trying to drive once. And I don't like driving that far across the island um, multiple times in a day because it really takes a toll on you. You know, you get tired and I don't want to be tired while I'm driving, you know, especially when I'm towing stuff. The other thing is too, I'm actually going to pick up all the concrete I need. I need a minimum of 12 bags of 12 60-pound bags of um, quickcrete. Um, so I'm going to load that up in the back of the truck first. I need to pick up some electrical conduit for my home and for my mother's off-grid system I'm setting up. Um, I need to pick up the 30-gallon hot water heater for her. Um, and then I can rent the actual auger, hook that on, and I'll be coming back across the island <clears throat> with a fully loaded truck. Well, not fully loaded, but I'll have concrete in the back of the bed, a hot water heater, um, electrical conduit, some miscellaneous things, and then obviously towing the auger. So um, that is technically the game plan tomorrow. So when I get up in the morning, my game plan is just to go load up all the concrete, get all my miscellaneous things loaded up, and then that way when it comes time for me to go and get the rental, the auger, it's just a matter of just pulling up, hooking up to it, and going. So that is the game plan tomorrow. So yeah, um, her place is coming together. If I can draw, I can draw all the holes in one day and then put the poles in. So I'm using my Milwaukee bandsaw to cut the, the round um, galvanized um, two inch schedule 40 pipe. Um, if you guys don't know what a bandsaw is, you guys should get familiar with it. 
uh, a bandsaw, especially if you're doing a lot of metal work. Like I, I used to do a lot of metal work, like a lot, like a ton of it. I mean, I still do a lot of metal work, but um, not as much as I used to. Um, but I still have all my tools, right? And so um, a bandsaw will cut pretty much whatever you want to cut very fast. So instead of you using a grinder and grinding your way through the metal, which takes a long time and multiple um, grinding discs to get through, uh, a bandsaw is a continuous blade with a lot of teeth on it, and it basically just, it just cuts through the metal like butter. Like, it just cuts through it. You can make many, 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 many cuts with one blade. And when I buy the blades, you buy them in a three-pack, um, and they're about $25 uh, for a three pack and like I said they just cut through metal like there's no tomorrow you can buy um, bandsaw blades for like thick metal or for thin metal so obviously I'm always cutting thick metal so I have to get the thick metal blade um, so yeah uh, if you guys are unfamiliar with a bandsaw and you guys are doing a lot of metal work or cutting a lot of metal um, that is absolutely the way to go it is just super fast you know so yeah that's what I'm going to cut all the piping with um, and then I can start, you know, putting everything in the ground, start concreting. So that's another thing too, because of where I'm going to be welding. Uh, so I have to weld these, um, flat pieces of metal on top of the pipe. That way I can join the other pipe. I'm trying to do it as cheap as possible. So that way, you know, cause everything adds up. Right. And since this is my mother's off grid solar system, we're hooking up, you know, she's on a budget. Right. And so I want to work with her budget and I want to just give her what, you know, the necessities and make something solid. So I could easily go and spend 90 to $95 for a post cap that allows me to join two round pieces of pipe at the end, but that's $90 a piece. Or I have scrap metal left over from you know all the metal work I used to do. Um, so I just gotta cut some flat plates, sit them on the top, weld them all the way around, and then I can sit the round pipe right on top of it and weld on both sides of the pipe and it'll never move, it'll sit there forever. You know, so, and that's gonna cost me almost nothing because I already have the steel. I have a welder. I have a tons of welding sticks. Like a whole, I have a whole bulk of them. I have like a lot of them. I always buy a lot of everything. So that way I always have stuff on hand. So that way when things like this happen, we're ready. So essentially it's going to cost her, it was, we was going to need, it's going to be 90 or $95 a piece for these adapters. And she needs six of them. Well, I'm going to cut all that cost out and she won't have to spend no money on any of that. I just have to do a little bit of more work on my end obviously because I have to cut all the pieces of uh, square pieces of metal uh, and then weld everything on but hey I have all this stuff available so it's going to be free so I'm able to save let's just round it off right let's just say it was a, with shipping and tax let's just say it's a hundred dollars a piece that's six hundred dollars I'm able to save my mother right instead of having these fancy post cap tops you know, I, we don't need it there's other ways of doing this you know so $600 can go someplace else, you know, stay in your pocket or, or, you know, add to your system. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it the most efficient way as I can, um, and cheapest way as I can, but most solid way, you know, and obviously once we weld everything, we, we, we take off all the slag, we clean everything up and then we paint everything immediately. Um, that way we can prevent any rust and stuff like that. So what is loaded up with, um, oil-based paint, um, and yeah it'll be good for many many years and if we ever see rust popping through it's two shakes we have a wire wheel that i can attach to my grinder grind off all that paint real quick grind off any rust treat it again and we're going to be good for the next six seven ten years so yeah it's doable that's the one thing people are afraid of is when they use um, metal 
Um, when they're welding, the weld itself will rust. And sure, it will rust if you don't treat it, right? If you don't properly treat it, it'll rust. But if you properly treat it, it'll last you a very long time. And then if you ever start spotting any signs of little rust or whatever, that's when you, you, you take care of it right away. Then you'll be able to get another, you know, six or ten years out of it at least, minimum. You know, so you can you can keep treating it over time and treat and keep it going, you know. And even those adapters that are about $100 a piece, um, I have them on my own solar system, the existing solar system. And that meadow is looking rusty, right? And that's a $95 piece, you know. And so... Yeah, it's, it's all metal in the end, right? Now, there is some aluminum ones out there, which aluminum doesn't rust, but ru uh, aluminum does oxidize. So even if you powder coat it, over time, the oxida oxidation will come through and start pushing that paint off, but it won't rust, you know? Um, but, you know, it, there's a pros and cons to everything, you know? So, yeah, um, the power shed is assembled. Um, I am now ready to start drilling holes. So I'm hoping tomorrow everything goes to smoothly. Like I said, the weather over here is really bad right now. It's been raining. It's been super, like, really cloudy, overcast. Like, I'm driving right now across the island. And from where I left to where I'm going, the weather is still the same all the way right now. As we speak, it's, it hasn't changed. So it's not just one location. It's the whole, you know, the whole island is being affected. Um, but that's just part of, um, you know living in a tropical area like this in the middle of the ocean right um so sorry guys i'm coming around a real steep gulch over here all right so yeah we're making um progress making headway uh another thing is i want to um talk about is so my last video i put out on uh, my youtube channel um uh, showcasing the new system i put in um you know i've had a ton of comments a ton and I'm really happy a lot of people have left comments. Um, a lot of really good positive stuff, which is good. I noticed that a lot of people didn't even realize that these type of systems were out there. And so now their eyes are opened up to the possibilities. You know, I'm not saying that they have to buy the same stuff I bought. There's other brands and other companies out there. Um, but, you know, it's an eye-opener for a lot of people. Uh, and then another thing is, too, I have a lot of people asking some, some, some legitimate questions. And so... Um, and, you know, it might seem simple to, to me or to some and may not be as simple to others. And so with that said, I'm going to address some of these questions and answers, Q&A, um, maybe on the podcasts or on the YouTube channel. Um, but there's a lot of questions and, and, you know, I want to answer them so that way people can make an educated decision, have a little bit more um, information for them of how all this stuff is, is working, you know, and how does this hook up to this and, you know, can you do this or is this possible or, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to try to address that as much as I can maybe in another podcast. But anyway, guys, I'm going to pay attention to the road here and um, I'm hoping tomorrow goes smooth because I'm, I'm anxious to start drilling these holes because... Once the holes go in the ground and we got concrete in, oh man, we're off to the races, guys. We can assemble the solar um, ground mount solar system frame, and then all we have to do is just basically wait for everything to arrive, and then we can start installing everything and get everything up and running. So, anyway, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in, and I'll definitely see you guys on the next one.